Hello, 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 oh, yeah, hello, no, hello, I, hello. I got you now. Okay. You drove to Walmart, tried to get a good deal on a TV, but there weren't any of those TVs left, so you just got a 42-inch TV for yourself, and you brought it home and realized that it was so cheap that they didn't bother to put any real speakers in it. So you went and back, and you had to spend another 300 bucks on a surround sound system. And you were like, screw this. Screw all this Christmas stuff. I'm going to find the meat master, and I'm going to buy a bunch of meat and figure out what we're going to be having for dinner in the sausage hut. You heard it right. The countdown to Christmas has begun. The countdown to the end of the year has begun. The countdown to the days getting longer has begun. The days are so short right now, I can barely stay awake for more than 10 minutes at a time. But what can you do? And here on this beautiful December day where there's no snow on the ground, luckily... It is great, as always, to have with us in the Sausage Hut, where we have widescreen television, we have Wi-Fi, we've got tiki torches, we've got the 1983 alumni from the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders on exercise bikes, pedaling hard to keep the lights on. And we also have, we also have the Meat Master in the house. The man with his own theme song. <laughs> Welcome back, Meat Master. Hey, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good, Johnny. How are you, man? How are you? Good, good. I'm sweating. Hey, good to be back. I got good one of those. Do you, you worked out this morning. Well, I, I called it that, but yeah. Well, you exerted yourself like a, any man should. <laughs> hey, it, absolutely. It, when you get to be our age, you, you're either exercising on a regular basis or you're sticking one foot in the grave. You got that right. You have no choice. You got that right. If you're if you're over a certain age and you're not exercising, you might as well be shooting heroin in your temple because you're committing a slow suicide. Hey, you're either living or dying, one or the other. And I know that I, and it always remind. Whenever I hear of you exercising, I always remember. And I might have told this before, but I always remember you coming out before freshman football practice and strapping that dirty, stinky, sweaty knee brace onto your leg, <laughs> putting your coaching shorts on, and running your ass around that track for a mile. Yep. Whether you liked it or not. Every day, brother. And you looked, you looked in such pain the entire time that's the same look of pain that i have whenever i try to run but while you while we were out there stretching out you got that mile in man and that's probably while you're still still around today isn't it hey i think there's a little positive positive action to there well i wouldn't have been here by now that's for sure i mean you you definitely didn't want to do it back then you didn't want to run that mile but you knew that you needed to run that mile right hey you know what it but you're right but while i was doing it I might have looked like I was in pain, but I kept thinking up good thoughts. Really? Oh yeah, because if you if you exercise, then you can eat all you want. Is that what is it? Drink all you want, <laughs> and you don't gain no weight. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
you know. Yeah, it was good times though. Good for you. And you've continued your, it's good that you've continued your exercise regimen throughout the years. So today you got in the pool and you did some laps. Is that what it was? Yeah, we did 30 minutes today in the pool. Is is it water aerobics or are you swimming? No, I'm swimming. Wow, really? I can't do that class stuff. You know, I like to just, just swim back and forth and then I keep myself in my head. You know, I lose track of counting sometimes, but. uh, And it's strictly breaststroke, right? (laughs) Yeah, you might say that. That's how they Uh, talked you into getting in the pool. Hey, you want to come do the breaststroke with us? That's the yeah. oldest joke in the book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But we're going to let it go. We're okay. going to let it go. Because we're in a sausage hut. Yes. <laughs> Anything goes in a sausage Anything hut. Anything goes in the sausage hut. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty good. It's good to be back, man. It's, it's been good. a while. Yeah, it's it has. It's, it's, it's weird that we've been doing this for a while, and you've been on the show several times now, and all the fans love it when the Meat Master comes back. Sure. So I'm, I'm sure everybody's curious as to what your thanksgiving was like and what sort of meat preparation went into that unless you just decide to take the whole weekend off and make somebody else do all the work no you know what i i don't do a whole lot on thanksgiving i put the bird in oh okay you know and we we rubbed it down a little bit and seasoned it up but and then overcooked it but you know that (laughs) because it's what other holiday is it it's just set up for the pure enjoyment of gorging yourself yeah you know and then uh add a little bit of crown royal to it a few <laughs> beers because that's when i break out the christmas ale first ah. you know, was, that officially starts this the christmas ale season gotcha you know that's how i look at it anyway yeah and it's a and it's a torrid red hot love affair that extends through the month of december through christmas and through new year's and then by about the first second week of january you got to say, look, Christmas ale, we've had a, a, an intense love affair, but this love affair has to stop. That's right. That's right. In fact, you're, you're stretching it. It's, it's probably lost its luster uh, after the New Year's. It's more, it becomes more of an addiction by after New Year's. You're yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Well, and, and from now until then, you're testing all the, the different ones, you know. Oh, yeah. And then you settle in on one. It's just, yeah, you settle in on one and you mm-hmm. get to know her real well and it's you know you're really getting the good taste of it and then it just goes flat it goes stale and it's like you got to look for something else yeah and that's when that conways comes out oh you know the the second or third week in january the irish ale that gets you all the way to um patty's day that's right you know life is a road that needs to have guidelines yes you know (laughs) And you can't just go through the year not knowing. You can set your calendar by which (laughs) seasonal beer comes out at which time. (laughs) Yeah, that ninety, the the ninety days, Jan from January to April. You know, it's you just got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, luckily we've got we're we're right in the thick of it with Christmas sale. It's so funny that, I mean, it was it maybe five years ago, four years ago, maybe even that there weren't there were two or three christmas ales and everybody and that was it and you couldn't yeah. find them they couldn't make enough of them that's right that's right and it, it, it all of a sudden then they were out yeah you know and then you were scurrying around trying to find that last bottle last mm-hmm. last six pack now shit they're everywhere every and, and there's breweries everywhere there's breweries yeah. every five feet and every one of those breweries is making a christmas ale and they all think that they have the best christmas ale yeah. well i'm here to try to test them yes <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the rim uh yeah you know what i i like i like a to start out sometimes with a little bit of a little bit of sweetness a little mm-hmm. cinnamon on it 
But then after that, I like to stay on that edge. I never, I never work my way around the rim. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I usually start and get about halfway, quarter way, and then because then it's the beer I want to taste, not the yeah, not I, the Lavoris mouthwash. Lavoris. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all that cinnamon stuff, you know. <laughs> Jesus. It's the like sque- putting fruit in your beer. Oh, that's hilarious. You know? Squeeze top, laborious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was I was I was like that last year. I was like, I, I want the because you can't, you know, if a bar if a if a hot bartender comes up to you and asks you if you want a rim job, you can't say no, pretty much. And that's the joke. Everybody loves yep, saying it. Everybody loves it. And I And they to, love it because everybody does I mean that's part of the festival. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you, you know, usually I, I, I did the same thing. I have one stay in one spot and go ahead. <laughs> but nowadays, I don't even, I forget it. You got to get that? Yeah, I okay. got to get it. Go ahead. All right, just a second. Yeah, we're good. Hey. Yeah, the meat master's in the house taking care of business 24 hours a day here in the South So yeah, Christmas ale is it's great. I and everybody's got their own version of it now. You know, I was trying to think the other day. When did it come out? Do you remember Christmas before the ale? <laughs> you mean no? No, I, you know, I'm trying to, to remember. I, I remember the first year that I fell into the Vatic Christmas ale mm. when we first tried it mm-hmm. and, and didn't realize how strong it was oh yeah man it was tasty and it was filling and it was oh it was new mm-hmm. you know because I, I don't remember when that came in though well what was the I year research that. yeah it wasn't that long ago that they just legalized high gravity beers because i think for the longest oh, time right. you could only i think there was a limit on that and i really think once once that law changed that really is what sprung the growth of all these breweries all over America, I believe. Well, I think it helped because then it gave the brewmaster a, a, a larger uh, canvas to play with mm-hmm. because he didn't have to worry too much about the alcohol. Right. You know, and now I think they just upped it in, in Ohio to 14 or something. So you can get waxed pretty good on a beer and a half. That's funny that they that they have to put, you know, you could go buy a bottle of 100 proof whiskey whenever you want to. But beer can only be a certain, right? And if yeah. it's so, if it's so high, you can only sell it in four packs and not six packs, which is right. That's another dumb rule. Yeah. Well, how about the one with the glass? Uh, you go into a bar in yep. the higher power, they can only give you a six ounce serving mm-hmm. and only two, and then you have to say, "I'm sorry, you have to go down to you know eight percent." Yeah. <laughs> you know, work your way down the hill. It's a good way to get money out of you, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't want to get stupid, do we? Well, you don't want to get stupid too soon. That's the thing. Well, You've got to save the stupid for later on. It's, I tell you what, life is nothing but a big chance on timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree, man. You know, I always said you could take the super highway or you could take the back road, but you're going to get there the same way. Right. You know? So you want to take your time and stay down in the 3%, 4%. Mm. You know? Well, my, my drinking philosophy is, is always, well, it's most of the time is, I know that if, if what kind of banking the number of hours that I've got to spend on this, and I usually like to start start strong with a couple strong ones, and then work your way down, and then even it out. So shoot for the stars, and then even it out at about thirty thousand feet. 
Yeah, that, that's a good way to look at it. If you're going to be in it for a while. Now, sometimes that doesn't work out, and you end up just... Uh, well, no, you know, when it, you, you want to go the marathon, you want to do the three miles or 100-yard dash. Right. You know? If you got an hour, then <laughs> yeah. you got an hour. That's if you right. got all day, then you got to you got to make some preparations. Yeah, 20 minutes? All right, give me a shot and a beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those old timers used to do, man. When I was growing up, man, that was it was that's what it was. It was a shot in a beer. You you had a little six or eight ounce beer, and you always had a shot glass next to it. Now, would they sip it or would they shoot it? Uh, use I don't know. I think I've seen both. Uh, most of the time, those those old timers, I think they do half. Uh, you know, they do like a little sip and then a couple squirrels and then yeah. a beer and then finish it off. A sidecar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Sidecar. My dad used to say the same thing about the steel mill guys. They'd always go, they'd go and sit down, shot in a beer. Yeah. That's wild. You got to kickstart it. Yep. Get one and shoot it and then have another one for nipping on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, but you got to do the good stuff. Right. You know, otherwise, uh, you could be in trouble. <laughs> Did you ever go down to, to Kentucky that, through the... Um, uh, the bourbon trail? bourbon trail? No, I haven't. Oh man, I'm on. I got three more to hit. I think you got to hit six. I got halfway done. What? Do they give you a T-shirt or something? Yeah, at the end, if you get your passport all stamped by oh. different ones. Yeah, I'm up for the T-shirt. I think I'm gonna get it this year. Did you make a special trip down there to do that? Yeah. When yeah. was that? Uh, we went down in a spring, a couple springs ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the deal with that? What do you got to do? Nothing, and you just you you go down there. We we took our golf clubs and did some golfing, ah. and uh, and then we would hit a a distillery, and they give you a little tour. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of this, and I tell you what, there's some nice ones down there, and it's beautiful country, and uh, rolling at, hills. At the end, I love Kentucky. At the end, sample our wares, and they open it up. Hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, Woodford Reserve. That's the first one I went to. Beautiful, gorgeous, oldest one pristine and then at the end they give you try this bourbon this bourbon here's a candy with made with bourbon Hmm. and uh yeah it's pretty cool and then you go to the next one biggest one was wild turkey that was mammoth it was uh where they store the 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 bourbon you know they got to keep it seven years or ten years you know in the tour, they give you all the details. Are those real years when they say it's age seven years that's real years that's real total years yeah. yeah and i mean that Wild Turkey, that, that there were so many buildings where they store these barrels of bourbon. Mm-hmm. It it looked like a concentration camp. I mean, you know, <laughs> it really did. There were there were mammoth buildings, and so what's in there? Bourbon. Stack them up high. You know, we walk through and you see it's a good one. There, in, anybody that can get down there should go go through the bourbon in, bur- in barrels, right? Little in barrels? barrels? No, big barrels. Oh, big, big barrels? barrels. Little barrels. There's all kind of different barrels. They show you how to how they bottle it and. Uh, you know, the differences, mashing it and stuff. It's hmm. pretty cool. Do they build Love their own it. barrels there? Some. Yeah, some do. Yeah. Uh, and then there's all kind of games they play with it. It's like barbecue sauce, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, everybody's got their own technique and their own, you know, little secrets. It was, it's fascinating. fascinating. And then do they all have some sort of passport? Or do you have to go somewhere different to get your passport? No, you get a passport and it's a, a group. They got, they all, all the bourbon people got together and, and said, we're going to have this little gig going, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you honor it. They all have their own little stamp, and you stamp it. And once you get it, they take it to the like chamber of commerce or something. Right. You know? And uh, then they send you your T-shirt. Huh. Yeah, I, I made it through the Bourbon Trail. Should go with somebody that's a designated driver. Though, well, I, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> 
I will say that. I mean, are there are there are they geographically close to each other? A, some, a bunch of them? Or? Yeah, some are. I think the longest one, you know, like Jim Beam, I think is out there pretty far, like ninety miles, you know, an hour and, oh. and a half. But there's some, we hit uh, Woodford. You you get into Lexington and stay anywhere between Lexington and Louisville. Yeah, and uh, that's where they mostly are concentrated right around Lexington. Hmm. And uh, and then there's the ones that aren't on the on the on the passport gig, that you know are just open like Buffalo Traces and on the passport thing, but you can go in it. It's pretty cool. It's it's well worth it. And there well there's some sort of application process. Nope. Where you have to, I mean, for the for the distilleries to get on the oh passport man. trail. Who I knows? don't know. I I would imagine there's some kind of gig with it. Hmm. You know, it's all all about advertising and marketing. Do these places have? I mean, can they? Do they? Do you have somewhere to eat too at these places, or no. is it just you? Just you're pretty much on your own. Yeah, gift shop is usually on premise. You know, and mm-hmm. then that's usually attached to where you have the sipping. Oh. You know, the little bar. They usually you know go through a little. It's like if you ever went through a. You ever go through a brewery? Um, not a big one, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. I went to a. I went to a Johnny Walker tasting. It was like an event in the, in a conference room, like at a hotel. Oh, okay. That my yeah. buddy got invited to, yeah. which was great. Oh yeah. Had the guy in the had the guy in the the kilt and like you know the slideshow presentation, <laughs> and then they you know you hit this one, but they have to feed you at these things, so you get to eat, and then you a little nip 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 and ta- yeah. taste it. Hi, it Roland. Hi, Nobbin. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll tell you what, that's it's a good time in. Uh, and you can learn a little bit about what you're getting drunk on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always helpful. Yeah. You know, like I learned what the rye whiskey is and uh, the different things. Like, now they all added stuff, too. Did you notice that? Like With the flavors? You know, yeah, you got apple crown, you got uh, fireball or you know, yeah. something with cinnamon in it. Mm-hmm. Well, they got to do that for the kids. I mean, ever yeah. since they started doing it with vodka, I mean, you can pretty much flavor vodka like Kool-Aid now. They, oh, yeah. The whiskeys had to get in on it too. <laughs> That's right. I mean, because you know the straight whiskey flavor is not exactly inviting to a palate right off the bat. If you if you are not experienced, so say if you're a 21 year old kid, I mean, I don't think you should just go straight into shooting wild turkey. No, that would not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did try, but it was lower lower end. It was mm. you know. <laughs> I did a shot of wild turkey on my 21st birthday, and I was did like, you? oh, man, I don't know if I... And, you know, it's yeah. funny that wild turkey is so huge. Who's drinking Who's drinking wild turkey? I don't know, man. They're the biggest ones. Though. I know. Yeah, they they got amazing. Matthew McConaughey doing their commercials. Yeah. I mean, somewhere there's a lot of people drinking wild turkey. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of the bourbons, though, and, and stuff, you don't shoot. You just sip. I guess. You know, you put it on ice, or, you know, a couple, of, a couple of rocks, and then mm-hmm. you just sip it. But I remember when I went down to the Kentucky Derby, the first time I had a mint julep, which is nothing but bourbon, mint, and sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, I God, I couldn't stand that. I, I, that's exactly. I went. Bleh. I just <laughs> wanted the glass, man. It was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. We uh, didn't want to drink it. That's when I started saying, "Well, if I'm paying for the glass. I'm going to drink the booze too." <laughs> and all of a sudden, it wasn't too bad. Hmm. I like bourbon now. As opposed, you like bourbon more than scotch. Oh, yeah, I can't do scotch. I like scotch more than bourbon. Yeah, do you? Yeah, that's an acquired taste. So is bourbon. Yeah, well, maybe. Bourbon's more of a common man's... I don't know. That's right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certain bourbons that I that I like. 
Um, but I, I don't spend a lot of time. I don't spend a lot of time on whiskey. But I, I actually, I went to had dinner at this place uh, last Thursday, and they had you know how they do flights of things. Yeah, they had flights of everything. So I got a flight of scotch. I got three scot, three different scotches. You know, like a little bit of each one, and um, I found one on there that was really good. It was called um, Glen Morangi, something door. It was something gold, something. It, anyway, it something was really expensive. It was, yeah, and it, you know that's really the only way I'm going to be drinking that expensive scotch is like, if, okay, give me give me a little nip of it, right? And I had like a Macallan 12 year, which is I know there's like sixty dollar bottles of scotch that you know if you get a little bit of it, then you can taste it. And I have scotch and that's bourbon both. They're like you just all you need to do is just wet your wet your sipper. lip with yep, it, and little sipper that'll get you through. Yeah, little sipper. My grandpa, Grandpa Kilbasa was a, he was a Scotch, Scotch aficionado. Yeah, never, never acquired that taste. There's not much difference. I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's the difference? I guess they don't put the peat that they, they don't put bourbon through dirt, I don't, or maybe they do. I don't know what the difference is. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Not that, not that well educated in that field. We're, we're, but we're educated enough to sit down with a drink every once in a while. With the meat master. So what's on your what's on your menu for the rest of the rest of the year? You you doing some big cookings or you got any? Do you do beef Wellington or anything special for the for the holidays? No, you know you know what I was gonna experiment with was I was watching a couple of different uh, fake news programs, and uh, I'm I'm fatuated with this deep frying of a prime rib. Ooh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I don't. I've I've I'm, I can't keep that out of my head. <laughs> you know, deep frying a prime rib. I I watch this guy do it and. I wonder what that tastes like. I would say it tastes pretty damn good. I would think so. I mean, what's wrong with this pitcher? You know, season that up and deep fry it. Yeah, I know a guy that did that does it, and and this is an interesting one. I want to play with this one. He uh, he deep fries. Uh, he calls them cowboy steaks. And uh, he 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 got this big uh, black cast iron. Like, boy, you might see him on the old westerns when the wagon train, you know, yeah. used to slop, you know, the shit out of it. You know? Cookie. Cookie would have something cooking in yeah. over the fireplace there with you the go. stew. Yeah, there you go. You know, this thing's a little bit bigger, you know, a yeah. little, little monster size. And he fills it up with, with peanut oil, and uh, he's got a stopwatch, and he cuts this prime rib, or uh, uh, rib steaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cuts them up in little pieces and puts them on a on a stainless steel pitchfork, and he puts them in the in in the oil. And I think it's about three minutes. To, I I don't I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. Man, it was good. And now if you put the prime rib with a little fat on it, you know, and add it to the grease, I think that'd be good. It's like a giant fondue. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And man, you cut it up, and it's just perfect when it's medium rare for my taste buds. I've you know I've got I've got the turkey fryer, and um, I'm I usually get a prime rib for Christmas from some friends that that have a butcher, and I, I don't see why not. Maybe you know what we need to do. 
We need to try it. We need to do a test run. <laughs> we need to do yeah, another field trip. That's it. I'm telling you what, I see it in the making. I think we could play with this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's probably got to cook pretty fast, doesn't it? Oh, if I you, would you think so. put the, I mean, turkeys cook, uh, what is it, a minute and a half a pound or something like yeah, that? It's, it's 45 minutes for a 13-pounder. Yeah, no, this would this would be a quick quick in and out. I said, I'm going to do, we're going to try it. Okay. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Let's, uh, we're going to do this before Christmas. Oh, yeah. We're going All into right. the test kitchen. That's right. Who knows what we can come up with? Yeah. You know, we'll, what do you, do you th- can you get away with putting a rub on it? Would the rub even, would it just come off? Well, I think we're going to have a couple of different tries at this thing. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll rub it. I think you can rub it. You got to season it a little bit. Yeah, I guess you can rub a turkey too. It's not going to yeah. come off in the, in the, no, oil. it's instantaneous. It'll crust on there. Hmm. You know, you should be able to, right? Yeah. And then maybe even some, try a little injection. Yes. You know, we might have something going here. Oh, yeah. This could be the start of the honey-baked ham, the McDonald's franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Deep-fried prime rib. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. That's music to my ears. Yeah, we're going to have to see this. Well, anyway, that's what I was I was going for. Okay. That's where my, my head was going to Yeah, and I'm, I'm swimming in the clouds now with thinking about this. Would you, would, I mean, how big of a, how big a one you think uh, would you start with? Well, I think we're going to, I think what I'd like to do is, is uh, uh, start with maybe like a two pounder, like four two pounders. A little one. Pounds, little ones. Okay. Yeah. And then rub it, inject one, do mm-hmm. nothing to one, time it see what we got going yeah you know it's hey it's in the kitchen it's experimental stages you're right oh man i'm so i'm salivating now we could be launching a rocket (laughs) (laughs) that's a great idea but how about you you do the traditional stuff the ham the What's what's tradition for for Christmas? Well, the kibasa the uh, in the kibasa family, I usually do a prime rib on on Christmas Eve, and which you know I I just oven I I put a rub on it with like mustards and pepper and stuff, and then just oven roast it. Um, but I also last year I started doing a lasagna on Christmas Eve, which I I've I I don't really I've never really liked regatta cheese that much, so it's kind of I. I I'm not ambivalent. I, 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 I guess I'm a little past ambivalent towards not liking regatta cheese. So what I did was I made a, um, I got some brie and made a, what do you call it? A bechamel cheese sauce with, oh, yeah. with the brie cheese, which is really creamy. Yeah. Yeah. So I put that on where you'd put regatta and then, you know, the sausages from the meat market and everything else and built the lasagna from there and loved it. So that we do that on the in Christmas Eve because there's I go to my sister's and then in law her in law family comes over and we do Christmas Eve there and then on Christmas Day we have a tradition dating back generations I guess from the old country we have a thing that we call cannonballs and uh, I think they're also called Canaderlies dumplings basically you you take a chicken you take a chicken and boil it basically make chicken broth. And then uh, take all the meat off the chicken, and then leave the you keep the broth, and then you you shred, shred the chicken, and then you get salami and sausage, and you get some bread, and you just tear up bread and leave it out all night, so it'll crisp up a little bit. Bisquick, and then eggs, 
So then you get all this stuff together, the salami, the chicken, the sausage, bread, bisquick, season it however you want, and then throw eggs into it so it's a big glop, bowl of glop. Then you make balls, and then you boil it in the in the chicken broth. It's it's oh, it's uh it's northern Italian slash um, Austrian peasant food basically. I'm sure there's a million different variations. Oh yeah, yeah. That you know are from poor people in Europe and all over the world. But we they call them cannonballs. Families always had them on Christmas and Easter, so we do that. We wake up on Christmas morning and make the cannonballs after presents. That's cool. So it's a it's about you know cool. it's a good 16 18 hours of cooking and eating. Cook, eat, sleep, wake up, presents, cook, eat. Holiday season. Right. Yeah. A little friendship thrown in for, for good measure. So get the family together. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. No, you know, I don't. we don't have any of the traditional things. Slovenians, that's where I'm from, and it was a lot of batitsa and sweets and, you know. What's batitsa? Batitsa is uh, like nut roll. Oh yeah, okay. You know that's mm-hmm. what, you know with uh, they have nut roll and then poppy seed roll. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones we had, and then our peasant food was like borscht and uh, blood sausage. You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I was raised on. I thought you were Hungarian. Stuff. Are you part nah, Hungarian, Slovenian? No, nah, so I guess it's all the same thing. Slovenian, Hungarian, yeah, they're all it's middle European. That weird place yeah it, it, sausage take, country t- exactly take a look at, <laughs> at maps you want to see something funny i see the map up there and yeah how, uh, you look at old maps in middle european mm-hmm. and, you know and you watch how it changes you know yeah like you know it was the czechoslovakians it was real big and then it was a little piece of pie and the slovenian was the same way and it's slow slovakia you know it's all it mixed up a little bit a lot of shit going on over there yeah and it's funny that all that stuff and all those wars and all those people was about the eastern United States. Could you imagine if, yeah. you know, Kentucky and Tennessee fought a war and then all of a sudden they became one country? <laughs> or if we were all countries instead of states, that would be yeah, weird. It's, it's, like Ohio and Michigan would have been in a war as long as France and England were or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, all of it. You know, it's kind of weird. But that's where we're all from. At yeah. least, you know. That's where my ancestry lays out. And they all have good recipes that involve food that was scarcely available. Oh, man. And they could, they could feed. I can remember my grandma. Shit, she'd feed 12 of us with nothing. Yeah. You know, with a half a chicken, and it all tasted good. Right. And it was, he's like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Flour and eggs. Flour and eggs was a biggie. Yeah, flour and eggs. Yeah, the meat extenders. Yep. <laughs> that was a, one of the one of the the best things I took from home ec- home economics class and it was the meat extenders cuz every every time <laughs> every time go over meat extenders, we'd all be like <laughs> Here's your meat and your meat. What's your meat extender? Um, well. <laughs> hey, Johnny, Kobaza, how are you extending your meat? <laughs> yep. Oh, God. <laughs> meat extenders. The, the quintessential ingredients of a casserole. Absolutely. Meat, meat extender. Pasta, little, little egg, little flour. Yep. 
Luckily, we live in a world, well, we live in a part of the world now where meat extenders aren't that important. But it's good to know when you need to extend your meat, how to extend your meat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what works best. And a lot of times it's trial and error. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. trial and error. Little pat on the bum and a blow in your ear. Meat extenders. Different, different, different. Did you guys do paprikash or not? Oh, heck yeah. Paprikash, yes. Again, that's, you know, do the roux, chicken, mm-hmm. you know, noodles. Like, I never had it growing up, ever. No? Oh, never. We, yeah, we were a lot of that. A lot of paprikash. A lot of paprikash. Yeah, that's another good one. And uh, what do you guys call it? Uh, stuffed cabbage. Oh, yeah. Pigs in a blanket or whatever. Pigs, pigs in a blanket. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Take the same thing and change the composure. You know, and you could have different flavors, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They were experts at it. They were experts at it because you had to feed people every day, and you essentially had five ingredients all the time. It seemed like, yeah. When I do the fast food review on the Mark Aram show, I always talk about how Taco Bell has the same six ingredients and they somehow manage to keep coming up with new stuff every month they've got a new thing and and every every month i think they can't have any more combinations of these of meat cheese rice and tortillas to come up with a new thing and somehow they they've got taco bell has the best research kitchen in uh in america or as far as the fast food fast food people go and well, that's that they, they they package it different. Like it's in a taco, it's in a soft one, it's right? A frozen one, it's a uh, deep fried one. It's, mm-hmm. You know, so it's yeah, it's that's good stuff. I mean, you start looking at some of that, the evolution. Like I was talking to somebody, we went to last weekend and uh, the fast food industry. Uh huh. The fast food industry is one that we actually saw develop and grow. And how it's it's changed. It, fast food was you, we we had to walk up to a window mm-hmm. to get it. The fifteen cent hamburgers and the twelve cent hamburgers. Yeah. Now you go in. You got drive through. You got the Wi Fi going. You get new mm-hmm. Burger King just remodeled a bunch in town the other day. Yeah. You know that's where I saw it at first. I said, man, came a long way from the Golden Arches. Yeah. You know, but even before that it was uh, the well, you don't remember. Do you remember the car hops? Uh, not not like you do. I mean, I know that there's yeah. Sonic and they still do that, but uh, it, did Sonic does Sonic do car hops in the winter? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, never, I know that there's some. I, I know that there's some around here. Yeah, I never Sonic, so I don't know. I don't either. I always feel like I, I don't know. I feel dirty going to those places <laughs> and ordering in my car. I have waiting like... for them to come. To, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I come yeah. in? <laughs> you don't want to see the kitchen. <laughs> things very strange but very tasty for the most well, part it all revolves around food brother yeah you know it really does now all the holidays do it's food and drink yeah friendship and family and alcohol alcohol is always in there alcohol yeah. and calories yeah well that's it the big push then january man everybody's gonna be in hitting the gyms and uh yep yep you know i won't be able to swim by myself anymore i'll be i know you know january is awful uh, to be in a gym it's terrible it's terrible. it's terrible 
I hate every one of those people that you know that they're not going to be here come the middle of February. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. No. Just get out of here now. <laughs> Quit using my air, man. Right. <laughs> get out of my lane. I'm trying to breaststroke over here. <laughs> I need it all I can. <gasps> so what what's going on in the uh the the hideout, man? I did, so uh, let's say so you know we we were there Went to the hideout in the summer. I had a great time. Was was uh, was your summer summer a success? Do you think for the first time? You know, having the having the place and come basically throwing parties, BYOB, yeah, yeah. and having food. Did you think it worked out? Yeah, I thought it went well. We, you know, we learned some things. Uh, uh, we learned what we could do. We we uh, pushed our limits. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the the one party was uh, some estimates said three. I think it was probably closer to two fifty. But mm. yeah, you know, so we could accommodate that. We did some small ones. We did some uh, uh, original uh, music. Mm-hmm. You know, they got, uh, had tried m- music and food all the, all the time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it went well. I, I think we uh, we could chop it off as a success and hopefully build on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're gonna have a. a Planning stages in January when everything slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you, but you got you've got a winter spectacular coming up too, right? You got some winter oh, yeah. gigs coming up at the at the hideout. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we did a we did a, a jazz night. Uh, it was real nice, you know. It's small place, so you know, yeah, thirty five people is were sold out, but it makes it intimate, you know. So mm-hmm. you get to know the, the artist and the music, and the, yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and we got we're gonna, we're going to branch out and do a, uh, well. My son's, we did a holiday brunch, mm-hmm. you know, so he's doing that. But we're going to branch out to a mystery murder theater, yeah. or whatever the hell that thing's called. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking I'm forward going. to that. That's I'm going gonna, to that. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. Uh, looking forward to that. So, yeah, things are good. Things are popping. We're having a good time. That's good. I mean, I, I ran some numbers in my head, and I thought there's no way in hell you're making any money off of this, but... Maybe you're like growing the growing this business, or there's you can make money doing this. I damn, I thought we just were doing it for the fun of it, man. Well, have something to do I, as long as fun pays the bills, man. It doesn't, yeah, matter. Shit. <laughs> it's not about the money, it's about the experience. That's true, you know. Yeah, it's good as long as experience yeah. is uh, you can write experience on that check to pay the rent, man. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. no, some some things are just we don't make any money on it but mm-hmm. we have fun and try to build from it you know mm-hmm. let people know what we are right know? so uh, let us know that we're there I'd, I'd rather i would prefer to do that than uh, uh put an ad in the paper you know a spot on the radio for nine thousand dollars wow it would no i pull mm-hmm. the number top of my ass but mm-hmm. so it's like the free sample no, I know. You know so. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I, I'm sure that everybody who's went is has had a great time, like yeah. I did. We had nothing. We've had some, uh, a couple of suggestions, but nobody's had a bad time. Everybody's looking forward to the summer, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, I know we are. That's good. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna experiment. You know what? I I am disappointed in myself though. Uh, we never never pursued that bacon explosion. Well. It's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, we're gonna have to. to, to when did you do that? What what what, uh, what what holiday season did yeah, you that, was, that it's one? It's been a while since we went up there. Was that February? Yeah, I think, I it, think was it was a Super Bowl. Yeah, because that's when that's Bowl. where it all started. So it's almost yeah. time to do that again. Can yeah. you, we're gonna it's gonna be two years. We're and about a, a year and a half in the sausage hut right yeah. now. <sighs> 
Well, it's been great, Meat Master. I love your theme song. That's a good one. So we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna deep fry some prime rib, and I've got I've got the turkey. Do you have turkey fry stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, but let's do it. All right. All right. We'll, we'll we'll do it um, before Christmas. All right. So we can figure it out. So in the next couple weeks, I, I you can come here. I can come to your place. One or the other. We'll, I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to your house, but we'll do we'll do a little research and we'll set it up over there at the kitchen. Awesome. At the clubhouse. <laughs> oh yeah, at the clubhouse. Yeah, we'll do it there. So we're gonna do some test kitchening on deep fried prime rib with the meat master thank you very much meat master for coming hey it's been fun it's always fun talking to you and we always seem to discover new things after all this time so you can check meat master out on the in the clut the hideout and you can check us out when we're deep frying some prime rib we'll take some pictures and put them on instagram and Hope your Christmas shopping is going good and get it all done early so you can have a couple weeks off just to watch crappy bowl games. <laughs> you can you can check me out on the Mark Aram Show. Monday's doing football minutes for a few more weeks. Wednesday's fast food review until they're done. Oh, actually, we might be going back to Thursdays now that Georgia football is over with. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But check us both. Coming out your mama's back door.